Welcome to the Four Wards Podcast. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's Eric Bra, voice of Draven, Jerks, and Velkaz. And you're listening to the Four Wards Podcast, here to help you move forward and lead. Hello and welcome to episode 360 of the Four Wards podcast. That's right, we have gone all the way around, back to the beginning. No, not really, we don't have the original hosts. I am Jack Soman, I am your host as usual. I've got two other wards with me to help you move forward in League of Legends. Crush, you's here? No scope. I'm here. No scope indeed. We've also got, shockingly enough, Arkryu has joined us tonight. I am back from the dead, and the other side is not a pleasant place. All right, guys, we are the Four Wards Podcast. We are part of the Trinity Force Network. If you head on over to trinityforcenetwork.com, you'll find links to all of our past episodes and all the other shows on the network, like the Trinity Force Podcast, like the League Rundown, where you can listen to us rant about the World Finals for two hours. Uh, now, if you want to support the network... Head on over to patreon.com slash tforcenetwork. Five dollars will get you first dibs on any planned tournaments. You get an email ahead of everyone else with information on how to sign up. We are on Twitter, at 4 Podcast, And we have a Discord. Come join the Discord. The link is in the episode description. I forgot to say it earlier when I was talking about the website, but it's in the episode description too. And some of us stream on Twitch. Now that Worlds is over, I'm actually streaming again at twitch.tv slash jacksoman. Crush streams this podcast whenever we record it at twitch.tv slash crush you, plus I assume other games whenever you feel like it. Uh, yes. League is doing something weird where it's crashing my computer, and I'm not sure why, so that's why I haven't been streaming League recently, but streams Protonomics. Might stream some Against the Storm. Pretty good. There you go. And Ark, are you streaming nowadays? Um, not yet, but I'm thinking about it. Uh, now that I have a you know, sweet new computer and some extra time on my hands. Extra time on your hands. Absolutely. You should stream at twitch.tv slash so the listeners can watch you play your games. All right. And last, last and certainly not least, listeners, you guys have sent us so many questions, and I love it. We will get to them as quickly as we're able. Send us more. I don't want to run out again. You guys heard how goofy we got when we ran out of questions. Four wards at trinityforcepodcast.com. That's the email address. Send us your questions so we can answer them on the show. All right. With that, as I alluded to, Worlds happened. Me and Crush were in San Francisco. We couldn't get tickets to the actual venue, but we went to a theater and met up with some of the guys on the rundown and with Bomo. It was a great time. If you have not watched the World Finals, I don't care if you like esports or not, do yourself a favor and watch that series. It was amazing. Probably the best finals we've ever had. Yeah, it was It was extremely good. Like... Every game was good. Like, the worst quote-unquote games were, like, games one and four, I think. But even, like, game four was still pretty hype. Yeah. And game five was off off the charts. Just yeah. extremely good. So it was good. amazing. Extremely good. Uh, like, watching it's, it in it's, a crowd of people was amazing. Yeah. Game five is so good. I've been seeing people who don't follow all esports, who don't follow esports, have been talking about it. Like, that's yeah. how good that game was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do yourself a favor and watch that series. All right. 
our actual topic for tonight. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I literally drove for four days of the last week <laughs> so that I could be in San Francisco and meet up with everyone. Good. Our actual topic for tonight is just the patch. Patch 12.21 came last week while we were busy with shit, so we're going to cover it now. And I think we'll have a patch again next week. I'm going to kick it off with the most mild of changes. This isn't even really a balance change. This is a quality of life change. Malzahar's E now executes minions, so you should not get your last hit stolen by the fucking caster minions anymore for no apparent reason. Thank fuck. All right. Crush, talk about another change that doesn't matter. <laughs> Misfortune got changed. Uh, it's technically a nerf because there's buffs to, in her in the in the change as well, but the buffs are all AP ratios. Her E was a hundred percent AP. Now it's hundred twenty percent AP. It was fifty percent slow plus four percent per hundred AP. And now it's forty percent slow plus six percent per hundred AP. Re and finally, her ultimate went from 20% AP ratio to 25% AP ratio uh, per wave, so it's actually a lot more than that. But Basically, it buffed a bunch of AP Misfortune play, and it did nerf normal AD Misfortune because the base slow on the Make It Rain changed from 50 to 40. So the slow is a little less. You're less likely to just die if she just presses E and R, but she could still kill you. So, I think 40% is still enough to hit confirm Comet. Yes. <laughs> At least I've been hit confirmed by Comet in games yeah. now. That, that That's the main reason I think this change doesn't really do much. Um, I did play against a Misfortune who went Comet, rushed a Collector, and then went into Leandre's. It was extremely annoying. Mostly that because my support horrifying. was... Mostly because my support was a Zyra that could not hit a Q to save her life. Like, the entire landing phase didn't hit a Q. So, oh well. Um, yeah, it was awful. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, it it's a nerf to AD Misfortune and a buff to AP Misfortune, but AP Misfortune isn't good. So, maybe support Misfortune if she builds AP, but, again, I think, that a, I think she just builds AD. So... A slight nerf to Misfortune, from 50% slow to 40% slow. We Fair enough. Speaking of nerfs, Ark, I'm going to let you take it next. Yeah, so I hate Blitzcrank. Same. <laughs> Blitzcrank is the worst. You don't have to be good with Blitzcrank. You just have to continue to throw cues in the general direction of your opponent. Um, so any nerf to Blitzcrank is is joy to me. And so Blitz, uh, Blitz took some pretty... Pretty heavy nerfs. Whenever base stats get nerfed, it's usually a, or buffed, it's usually a pretty big deal. So his base health has dropped by from 653 to 633, so 20 health, and then his base magic resist has gone down from 32 to 28, so dropped by four. Um, he also had a change to his overdrive attack speed. I don't think that's really this kind of a minor meh. He he went down by about 10 percent boost across the board um so yeah i don't think that particular change is too big a deal but the base stats dropping him being less tanky in lane especially early is is huge because it means that he can he has to think twice before pulling in 
someone who might be able to blow him up. So I like it. Blitz was at the top of the food chain before this this nerf, and now he's kind of settled down a little bit further uh, down the tier list. Uh, again, I play a lot of ADCs who are immobile, and I, I'm always down for Blitzcrank to not be on the other side of my matchup. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. And I'm going to wrap up this buff nerf sandwich with another buff. Ari got a mild buff. She got two changes. One is the mana cost on her Q went down by five, which I think is the more impactful of the two changes. But they did also buff the ratio on her Q from 40% to 45% AP per pass. So 80 to 90% if you hit both halves of the Q. The mana is the big one because over the course of a lane, that's a lot of mana saved. And she's one of those mages who's like, almost needs to build a tier item, but really doesn't want to, so you just kind of make do without. So saving five mana on every cast of your main wave clear ability adds up. Yeah, I'm happy about that because I enjoy playing Ari. She's fun. All right. Listeners, there's one other big change on this patch that we did not address, which is that Cassante is a thing now. None of us have had much game time with or against him yet, so we don't have anything really to say about him yet. We will cover Cassante once we know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Only thing I can, like, mention is he seems to be a higher skill cap champion. Um, A lot of champions with mobility are high skill cap, and he has a lot of mobility. So He's very sticky. Yeah, do not run him in ranked without practicing him first, please. It has been ruining some of my games. And stat-wise, it seems like he's just a top laner. It seems like his jungle is atrocious and his positions other than top are untenable unless it is a very specific matchup. Yeah. All right. With that, what do you put a trinket tip in here? You want to explain yourself? Yeah, so I just wanted to mention really quickly, um, don't be afraid to invade right now. Like, if you're playing a jungler that actually wins 1v1, you can just go in and, and fight the enemy jungler. Like, I, I've, I've played too many games recently with a, a jungle that just doesn't doesn't do anything, doesn't affect affect the map, and doesn't gank and so forth. And I'm like, that's that's fine if you don't gank. It's perfectly fine. But do something. Um, exert some kind of pressure on the map. It, it, it Invading is a very easy way to, to get ahead if your opponent jungler is ganking all the lanes. Um, the specific game I'm thinking of, I got ganked level 2 by a Shaco, and our Shivana just kept pathing top to do her jungle. was like, meh. I'm like, just go... Go take his blue buff. He doesn't have it. Go go take it. It will make Shaco yep. very unhappy. So, but so it's just a little thing to to mention that you can invade the enemy jungler. the en- The enemy jungle is not this mysterious place where you die as soon as you enter. Like you can go in and take their camps. So, track the enemy jungler when you see when you see them ganking bot for the fifth time. Go take their top top side camps. So. Just that simple. Fair enough. Um, 
I did want to mention, because we covered it in last episode, that I can now confirm that the uh, instant punishment, if you say a flagged word, does exist. It does yes. seem to work, because I had a dude lose his fucking mind and tell us all to kill ourselves, and he didn't get to talk for the rest of the game or the post-game lobby. Yeah, It was I, instant I, and immediate. I had one... I don't know what happened. Like... The dude was up top, he was chill, he was fine, he was like ahead, and then suddenly just the message that has found a, a, a message and has been flagged immediately and won't see this message and you won't be able to chat at all, I'm like, uh, okay. I think we ended up winning the game too, So and like he was perfectly fine, he didn't, it didn't do anything weird, so I'm not sure what was going on with that one, but it works, it's there. <laughs> yep. I just wanted to mention it because we had covered it last episode and we weren't sure how much it was actually going to affect things. All right. With that, we're going to throw it over to a word from our sponsor, and we're going to spend the bulk of this episode answering your guys' questions. We'll be right back. questions. Thank you to our sponsor, Moxie and Zen. Head on over to moxieandzen.com slash tforce and use the code TFORCE for 20% off your order of breathable, comfy underwear. And we're back. All right. So, like we've done the last couple episodes, Shorty2K wrote us a freaking novel. So we're going to answer a couple of these questions. Let's, let's talk let's about the top with, lane stuff, eh? Uh, uh, let, let's start with the top lane question. So, Shorty writes... Let's say you get first blood in lane, crash the wave, and reset. If you are ahead, should you itemize towards damage, buying a mythic component like Iron Spike Whip, or should you grab upgraded boots? I think there's a few champions who do grab upgraded boots, but for the most part, you want to push your advantage with damage, I would think. So, that is the general ex- truism. It, I'm going to exclude champions depends. like... I'm going to exclude champions like Yone and Yasuo who rush right. boots regardless. That is their yeah. power spike. Or Rumble. Um, I think Rumble still does sword shoes priorities, right? Maybe he might. Wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know Rumble. Yeah. Um, to my thinking, here here's the big variable. Is the movement speed going to help you get more kills? There are some champions where that's just true. For example, let's say you're playing Darius and they're playing a ranged champion. You can rush your defensive boot, like plated steel caps against a Quinn, for example. This means she has to play farther back because you will kill her if you get in range and you can now get in range faster. And it keeps you alive because plated steel caps against an auto attacker. I was going to say that the actual important part of that is the is the ranged matchup. Yes. Like, if you're going to get poked a lot and you do build plated steel caps, you can, you can start with that one if you're in, into a ranged matchup, but... This question is very matchup dependent. Um, yes. The general, the rule that's never wrong is to just go ahead and grab the Iron Spike Whip um, if you're building one of the two items, the Gore Drinker or Stride Breaker. Um, yep. That's never going to be wrong. It may not be optimal depending on if you're in a ranged matchup, if you're actually a tank instead of <laughs> uh, instead yep. of a damage dealer like Orn or what have you. It also depends on did you have to blow flash to get that first blood? So again, mm. using this range versus melee matchup, if they just face checked into you and you got a free first blood, 
Maybe you don't need to buy boots yet. You can push your lead with the, the damage item because you still have flash to make them pay a second time. But let's say you had to flash to get that first blood because they mispositioned and gave you a window to do it. That boots is going to be much higher value, A, to allow you to continue to bully them, but B, because you no longer have your get out of jail free button if the jungler shows up. So running faster can save your life for that reason as well. Yep. Yeah, and then there's also the other consideration I can immediately think of is, did you take ghost? Because if you took ghost, you may not actually need the boots. Yes. So there's, there's a bunch of stuff here. probably skip boots, period. The general question of if I cra if I win, kill them, crash the rave, reset, what do I take? Damage is usually correct. Yeah. I'd say probably 75-80% of the time damage is correct. Right. And it's never so incorrect as to be, like, a problem. Right. All right. We're going to go with one more of these, which is... If Alawi lands her E on you, is there any world in which you can win the trade, or do you immediately just have to run for the hills? Yes, yes. you can win the trade sometimes. That said, so the the way I've been told to think about it is that in top lane, a lot of champions have like a a key skill that you need to watch out for, or this is this is their entire kit is predicated around this skill. For Alawi, it's her E. For Jax, it's her, it's his Counter Strike. Um, for Mordekaiser, it's his pull. Like when this ability is up, they are dangerous. If the ability is down, they are not dangerous. Um, so Alawi hitting the E is the start of her winning a trade. <laughs> yep. It's not saying that she's going to win the trade, but it's like step one for for Alawi to win any trade. She needs to hit her E. Um. So you can win against her when she lands the E, but it's not terribly easy. Yeah, basically, you have to have conditions go perfectly. You need to, A, you basically have to be ahead. If you are even with the Alawi, she's basically going to win trade against anyone when you have a ghost up there and she's hitting you and the ghost. Yeah, and I mean, like, if she's at 200 health, just go up and kill her. Like, congratulations, you hit me with an E, now I'm going to hit your face in. <laughs> Yes, with the exception of if you can't burst the remaining 200 health because you're a DPS and not a burst champion, mm -hmm. she yep. will heal through all of your damage. Yep. Something something I see a lot of people making a mistake with Alawi is when they pull the ghost, don't stand on top of your ghost. Yes, that. Because yes. you're taking extra damage because they're you're taking damage from the ghost and da direct damage to your, your character, your champion. So make sure you spread out. So that like her tentacle whip doesn't land on both of you at the same time, because that's when serious amounts of damage starts to come out on her end. Yep. And if she ults, just fucking walk away. The, yes. You're never going to win the trade if you're ghosted and she ults. Yep. <laughs> With one exception. If you're Mordekaiser, you can ult her back. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> Mordekaiser is kind of the breaks this entire thing because his <laughs> ult also breaks the ghost from being a thing. Yeah. Alawi like, has a the bad realm. time in the death realm. <laughs> mm -hmm. She yeah. doesn't get tentacles. <laughs> she doesn't get the ghost. She's just not happy at all. all right. You just have to make sure that she ults you first because the other way around isn't so great. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to a jungle question. I'm going to go to jungle question two. 
At what point in the game does it become acceptable for you to push lanes up to river and take CS? Um, to me, the easy answer to this is it's never acceptable to push lanes up to river. If you are pushing a lane on jungler, you are pushing to turret. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. I I feel like this is two questions combined into one. Uh, when is it acceptable to take CS, and when is it acceptable to push the lane? It's acceptable to take CS if it would die without you there. Yep. To, to, yeah. Like, if, if no one else would take it. Yeah. Then it's always acceptable to just take CS. Now that said, you have to be aware that when you do that, it will slow push the lane. So you generally want to clear the, if you're doing this you want to clear the wave shove it into the tower and get it to reset before your laner gets back to lane um which is the other part of the question is you want to push the wave when it will reset by the time your laner gets back to lane yeah um if, go ahead think about think about not just the farm that's directly in front of you but where the, the farm that's coming down the line because if you push and accidentally create a freeze against the opponent's turret, you have screwed your laner and you have screwed them hard. Like, yep. you could have, especially the higher up you get in ELO, you could have just ended the lane for your your laner. That's, that's why I said it is never correct to push to river as the jungler. Because that puts your laner in a disadvantageous lane position, basically always. Yeah, there's some really rare exceptions to that, but yeah, the general rule is don't push to river, push to turret, or not at all. Um, yeah, you want to bounce it back. All right. Yeah. While we've got two marksmen on the pod, we're going to do one of the bot lane questions he sent us, which is, what factors should I consider when deciding to build mobility versus damage? Is this just champions or team comp specific? So I'm interpreting this to be like, when should you go boots to versus when should you be rushing mythic? Mm. I would I would have interpreted it as when should I go Gale Force versus another another one if I can actually have the choice. But yeah, that works too. So for the for the for the first question uh, interpretation of when should you go boots or or mythic, that is champion and matchup dependent. Uh, if your champion benefits from having multiple auto attacks quickly, then you get Berserker Greaves. Um, the ones I can think of immediately that are examples are Caitlyn, Tristana, and Kaisa. Like, those three all benefit from being able to auto attack more often, and also, they benefit from having move speed. Also, Callista, because she gets special interactions with Boots, should basically always be rushing Zerkers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Callista is also a special case where she has... Part of her passive relates to her Boots, so just get her Boots. Um, the, the, the other two exceptions I can think of... Um, Samira can conceivably rush Plated Steel Caps pretty effectively. Um... But I'd say it's like 70% you want to do seal caps and 30% you want to do the then go for the um, shield now. Um, the other one I can think of is Jin. Jin can stop off and get Swifties instead of his Mythic first. That's fine. Um, and then other than that, those are the champion specific ones. The other, the last thing to consider is uh, matchup dependent. If I'm playing against a double skill shot lane somehow, I'm buying boots first. Um, like against. Yeah. I don't know. Lux it's fortune Lux. Yeah. Yeah. 
Zerath. <laughs> Brand. Brand. Brand is a really good good example to buy boots against because he has a very hard time hitting you with the, with the W once you get yeah. once you have boots yep. too. Belkaz is another one you might see that you're gonna want to. Um, Zyra. Zyra is a good one to to buy boots for. Yeah. Yeah. The the key here is these are champions where they have a skill shot that if they land it, you're probably dead or have to flash, and boots make it a lot more difficult for them to land it. They still can. Boots don't give you so much speed to just automatically dodge these things, but it means that you have more of a window to react before it's too late, basically. So I actually disagree with that slightly because while yes, it is correct to buy boots for the skill shots, against Blitzcrank, Morgana, and Nautilus, I'm not buying boots first. The key difference uh, is those those ones, they have skill shots, and those skill shots, if they hit you, that you are probably dead, that is correct still, but they're not throwing it out all the time, whereas Brand, Xerath, yes. Zyra are throwing that skill shot all the time. You need the mobility to dodge it. You can't just... You can't just tank it every every time because they're gonna throw it at you every time. So yeah. that's why that's why I like boots against those ones specifically. Um, uh, anything else about that interpretation, or should I talk about like Gale Force versus other stuff? I think go to the Gale Force topic. Okay. Yeah. So like Gale, the the other one is like Gale Force versus like Kraken Slayer. Um, and this one's a lot simpler. It basically. Almost every champion has one that they prefer, and you should just always build that one for the most part. Um, Caitlyn almost always builds Gale Force. Uh, Ash almost always builds Kraken Slayer. Um, unless she builds a Shimbo. Jin always builds Gale Force. Jin always builds Gale Force. There is no if exception. You build a, he is... If you build Kraken Slayer on Jin, you are wrong. Yeah, yes, Dorkasaurus, we're talking to you. <laughs> yes, there's someone in the rundown that does this. Um... Yeah, there there's a couple of champions that are hard bound to one or the other, but um, Lucian is one that can build either one, Gale Force or Kraken Slayer. Hmm. Um, I believe Lucian is currently indexed where he wins more often on Kraken Slayer. When you would want to build the Gale Force is basically if you're going to get dove by more than one person, yep. then sure there... build the Gale Force. There's one other case for Lucian, which is Gale Force lets him play a much more assassin playstyle if the enemy team is very squishy. Mm. Uh, if the enemy team is works. very squishy, you can basically dash auto Q, auto Gale Force, and kill someone instantly. Usually, yeah. those two things are related. If they're diving, they're also squishy. Usually, yeah. it and they typically do it more when you have a Nami support backup, like Gamuji uh, and At Worlds. He played a lot of Lucian with Nami. Well, something I noticed is he definitely leaned into the assassin he went gale force but his first back was a serrated dirk every time yes. and he sold it later on he didn't complete any items typically with it because he was literally going to explode people with nami that was his goal and he was good at it <laughs> yeah this is this is like oh nami put a buff on me let me just dash auto queue and the person is dead levels of assassination that's the reason to go Gale Force because it gives you the extra pop on that. Basically, Other if you're that, against like... people that are trying to pop you, then you want to be able to pop them back. Yes. Um, going a damage-oriented build instead is more for if you're going to have time to sit and fire. 
Yes, if they have like two, three tanks, you should basically always be going Kraken on Lucian because you need to punch through that front line. Yep, that's your job. Is Jorb. Mm. All right. Let's move on to some questions from Reigns. Frequent questioner on the show. Reigns writes, Good morrow, wards. As we inch ever closer to the end of the ranked season, we can see if we are going to reach our ranked goals. I, like most people, will be part of the community that will not reach them. Because of this, I have begun to reflect on what went wrong with my journey and what I can prove upon next year. You have said frequently on this podcast that in order to climb in solo queue, you need to be able to have a carry playstyle, affectionately labeled as 1v9 in my head. Here are my questions with this in mind. Do you think there are classes which help a player do this the easiest? Um, uh, yeah. Any of the bursty classes, like assassins and burst mages, I think do this really easily because they're very, very snowball-y. I think a lot of it is season dependent. But yes. Also true. Like, what, two seasons ago, jungle was a V position that determined the game? Uh, this year, bot lane's been very I mean, influential. This year it still is, but only in the, this jungler sucks, we auto lose sense. Right, right. Um, yeah, it, it's it's dependent. I think, like, if you're if you're looking for the fastest, most efficient way to climb, uh, it is to improve. And I know that seems like, like a gimmick or a cop-out, but you have to, like, anyone can climb in any position. You have to figure out what your individual weaknesses are, what your blind spots are, and fix those if you want to climb. People who are, people who are plat, people who are diamond, people who are, are masters, they are there because they play at a masters, a diamond, a plat level for the most part. Or they got boosted to, <laughs> you know, to the high hills and, and now they're losing games for people. But, like, if you are that skill level and you play games, you will climb to that skill level. Nobody win streaks their way up into into platinum, into masters, and stays there. Like, that doesn't happen. Yep. Yeah. It Elo hell, it feels like Elo hell, but Elo hell is kind of sort of a myth. Uh, it's a myth. You, yeah, you have... Yeah, you have terrible teammates. Everybody has terrible teammates. You yep. have to be the difference maker. Yep. Like, I guarantee you the teams that you... They're like, man, they get such good teams. And I get such bad teams. But the guys who are on the quote-unquote good team were those terrible guys their game before. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. like that's just how it how it is. The game is, the game is balanced as far as matchmaking unless there's a smurf or a booster involved. Which incidentally happens a lot more at the end of season than it does at the beginning. So get to your goal early if you're going to make it there. Yep. Yep. And people you think are boosted like more times than not, they're not actually boosting. If you want to know someone's boosting, go look at their match history. And if they've got like an 80, 90% win rate, that's when they're, you're looking at boosting. I have been playing this game for 13 years. I have seen maybe three or four accounts that I'm like, that is clearly an ELO booster. Like, they do exist. They are real. They're not the majority of the people you run into. They're not even a minority of the people you run into. They're an extreme exception. Mm-hmm. You you see people who have really, really good games, and you're like, that person's boosting. But if you really think hard enough, you probably had a game just as good at some point if you played enough. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Question two, which uh, kind of ties into this, is uh, which lane do you think a low elo player such as myself should focus on in order to do this? And I think we're unanimously just like the answer is whichever lane you're best at. Yes, yeah. that. Don't... Whichever one you enjoy. Yeah. Like, you, you... Realistically, to climb, you need to play hundreds of games. Play a, play, a, play a role, play a champion that you can play hundreds of games on and still be fine with being All right. playing more games of that person. <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm going to go to question three, and I think it's going to drive home where we actually can maybe give some real advice that's specific to Reigns. Hmm. Question three is, which champions should I focus on with this in mind to 1v9 as effectively as a low elo player in climb ranks? Just as a refresher, I am currently a bronze mid lane main, and my champion mains are Morgana, Set, and Pantheon. Just play Morgana. See, Just play I, I would Morgana. Say, of those three, Morgana is the only one you can really reliably stomp mid lane with pantheon and set have too many bad matchups it's it's not just that it's also the fact that morgana if put behind is still useful yes a black shield morgana a morgana with azonias is a threat like it is binding lasts forever whether you're 10 and 0 or 0 and 10 yeah Mm -hmm. yeah morgana also morgana is never fucking banned (laughs) like ever Every once in a while. It's pretty rare. It's very, yeah. very rare. You, you get Morgana bans when there's somebody on the other team who mains Blitzcrank. That's what. That's when Morgana gets banned. Uh, he gives a you PS. Also... Go ahead. I was just, you could also just play Yumi. <laughs> not as a mid lane champion. <laughs> yeah, but you could go support and play Yumi and be fine. All right. <laughs> He gives a PS, which says, Because of my ranked woes this season, I have unironically started playing Vayne top with a different bruiser-type build. I feel dirty joining the minority of ranged top laners, but I'm just trying to cheese wins. Is this an effective strategy for climbing? In bronze? No. Sure. <laughs> I mean... It ain't gonna get you much further than silver, though. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the key is, like, there are some matchups where, yeah, you're just gonna cheese the fuck out of people. There's a shitload of top laners that are gonna be sad for ten minutes and then murder you over and over. The, the thing is, in bronze, it's fine. Once you get up to silver or gold, you get the top laners who know how to deal with it. If mm-hmm. they if they didn't know how to deal with it, they wouldn't be that high of a rank. So mm-hmm. that's that's why yeah. you can get up to silver pretty easy with, with, with top lane uh, range matchups like that. Um, yeah. And and to be clear, it's not just I have a range champion, I win the matchup. That doesn't that doesn't exist. That's not that's not how that works. So that's why yeah. again, it doesn't work past silver. Yeah, because I mean. To- to reiterate, like, it's not about the champion, it's about you. Mm-hmm. Barrel freaking played support Heimerdinger and, and did great. <laughs> nobody else can do that. They, he drew yeah. bands on it. Like, Yeah, yeah, he drew bands on freaking Heimerdinger support. Nobody does that. It's it's about you as a player. So so don't think, there's no magic secret sauce or, like, rune combination or champion to play to climb. It's, it's literally just, you gotta get better at the game and do the hard work. I just wanted to give a, a number example to drive home that ranged champions do not auto win the lane. Vayne has an attack range of 550. Darius pull has a pull range of 535. <laughs> you have 15 units of distance when you auto attack before he can pull you and murder the fuck out of you. That is so small. It's such a small, such a tiny window. And if he pulls you, you have to Q and E or you die. And then you don't have E the next time he pulls you. You actually need to know what you're doing. You can't just face roll. 
-hmm. at least once you get out of bronze. Mm -hmm. All right. I just wanted to drive that home because people always are like, oh, I auto win with ranged. And it's like, no, a lot of melee champions could threaten you. I (laughs) will say there are exceptions. The rule is just pick any champion, just play them well, you'll climb. There are exceptions. There are specific metas where a specific champion and a specific item are busted as hell, and all you have to do is just play that over and over. Um, Competently. Back yeah. when when Stormraiser was first released and you got to like get free free crits every so often, Stormraiser Jin was busted as hell. Like It was just free mm. wins. Back in the Arden Sensor meta, support just got to build Arden Sensor and win the game. Like, free wins. So those do exist. We're not currently in a meta like that. Yeah, and when yeah. those exist, th- that champion typically gets just banned into the ground. So you yeah. can't reliably yep. use it. Yep. Remember Season 3 Cassidy. Remember Galio when they buff the crap out of his Q and he burst people at level 1. Yeah. All right. Let, let's get another listener question out of the way. Because Z Paladin has written us a little bit of a novel. Z Paladin writes, Hey everyone, I told you I'd get some more questions for you all. It took a bit longer than I anticipated due to issues related to my job, but I managed to nail out a much broader range of questions this time. I'll get right to it. My first question has to do with jungle vision. Generally speaking, I go sweeper virtually every game after warding my opposite buff, or if I'm feeling cheeky, warding the enemy jungle at their own raptors or blue buff. This is usually pretty useful with determining when a gank will be successful since the enemy is in the dark, literally, or being able to deny early objective vision or brush control. However, there are a handful of cases where I'm coming off my first or second back and either have already burned a control ward or I'm in between charges on sweeper and get caught on enemy vision by an objective. So my question is, in what type of games would it be okay to forego using a sweeper? Would it work if I wanted to play more aggressively into the enemy jungle or around objectives, or is the benefit of vision denial too much to give up? For some context, I'm a silver player, so it's a safe bet that half the time my team mates and I forget there is a mini-map to use. I was about to mention that. Um, <laughs> so, so, go ahead. M- my first thought is, if you are playing a champion that can reasonably rush Umbral Glaive, you can swap to Sweeper, and then swap back towards once you have your Umbral Glaive. Especially in silver, where people are bad at vision. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, you're generally going to be one of two sweepers on your team. It's you and the support. You need two sweepers. Like, two is the minimum any team should have, frankly. Which means if you don't have Umberglaive to make up for the lack of sweepers, you go sweeper. There are a few other exception-specific champions who need wards for mechanics, such as Jax or Lee Sin, where it is more acceptable to keep the ward trinket even though it means your team is down a sweeper but generally just yeah you need sweeper also it's not a waste to burn a control ward they are consumables for a purpose buy them and use them Mm -hmm. it's okay if you it just gets killed afterwards it's done its job so there's basically like there's basically I I do two conflicting things. One of this, them is that I have plenty of games where I don't ever go sweeper, and then I also have plenty of games where I just switch to sweeper pretty quickly. And like, it kind of depends on how competent I notice the other team is at warding. Because if I have a sweeper and there's no wards, 
three times in a row that I use the sweeper, I'm not getting any benefit from this. Okay, I'm going to push back on that. You are getting the benefit because you know they haven't seen you. That is that is that is the secret real value of sweeper. It's not oh this lets me kill the wards. It's oh, I know I haven't been spotted coming in on this gank. No, no, no. It, 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 in higher elos, I would say at least gold. I would say that's a valid argument. However, in silver and below, um, they don't they don't play mind games. They don't fake you. If they see you, they're going to react. You know? So it doesn't really True. matter. Like, if, if I walk up to a lane and they react, they, I've been seen. I don't need a sweeper to determine that. The other thing about it is that if I have a sweeper and I go up with the sweeper and I reveal a ward and I kill the ward, I will still, almost half the time, still just be able to get, go up and, and kill them anyway because they are not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It, it is. Mm -hmm. It is. Finding the ward does not equal knowing that you have been seen because a lot of people, as the question mentioned, don't look at their mini-maps. <laughs> but we want to instill good high-elo <laughs> habits, not bad low-elo habits. So get get your good habits in because if you're practicing and getting better, you're going to climb. True. What, what I usually use a sweeper for when I do switch to it is to make sure that... I am going to be in an area for a relatively long time, and I want to make sure that I don't, that I have not been seen. That you're um, not hatching a ward. Right, exactly. So on Nocturne, I'll switch to Sweeper if, um, if I'm trying to like, ghost my lanes. Because honestly, that's one of the best ways ways to play a jungler is just don't be visible on the minimap ever until you kill somebody. Like, <laughs> um, true. Because. You should generally be picking gank paths that are effective whether you're seen or not. If the enemy is pushed into my tower, I, my gank is going to be successful whether he sees me coming or not. Like, it does not it does not matter. So that's not what I use the sweeper for. I use the sweeper for setting up long-term plays that I'm going to be here for the next 20 to 30 seconds, and I need to know that I am not actually being visible and that I can surprise the enemy team. Um and then Nocturne is also a special case because he can actually also go blue trinket sometimes. Yeah, that's valid. Nocturne, yeah. like blue trinket, lets you guarantee that you can land your ult. <laughs> There's it been is, too many times is, where it's like ah, ah, he went out of vision. It is supremely <laughs> frustrating on Nocturne when you ult and they just immediately enter a bush and you can't actually recast. Mm -hmm. Or but... the minion that was granting you vision of them dies when you push the button. Yeah. Um, honestly, one of the weird things about Sweeper for me is that I tend to switch to Sweeper once I have four or five completed items and I run out of room for control wards. Because usually I just use a, use a control ward instead of a Sweeper. Speaking of control wards, his next question says, To follow up briefly on the last question, are there any places that are good spots for control wards while jungling when you don't want to just dump your control ward into an objective pit? Uh, places that are high traffic. Yes. So entrances, exits from the jungle, places where you know people are going to be roaming or rotating up and down the, the map, those are good places so you can spot people out. To be Absolutely. more specific, the best places are high traffic that they don't actually go into the bush. 
So, yes. so this is going to be like the bush near mid lane behind blue buff, for example. Kind of in between blue buff and wolves. Um, the bush just past blue buff towards the river. There's no reason to ever enter that bush except to check for wards. Yes, mm -hmm. that one's really great. The one I like, I don't know, is this the one you're talking about? The one basically between wolves and the tier one tower? Yes. The ones on the back that side one. of wolves. Okay, yeah. So not the one between blue buff and mid lane, but wolves and, and the tower. That one, yeah, yeah. yeah that it's kind of like in good. that triangle. Yeah, basically you're just looking for like, uh, the other one I can think of is the one, the the, the bush in front of red. Um, it's it's against yeah, the one red. that's like a, the one that's like a part of that long rock extending down from Raptors. So and it's like just past red buff. I I actually like the one that that's right on the red buff itself, not behind the red buff, but below it if it's blue side. Um, that one is relatively dangerous, but it's also one that a lot of people just walk past without ever going to that bush. Um, yep. The one under under the rock you're talking about, the one in front of red buff instead. Um, that one's good too. If they're ever going to the, to Krugs, they'll usually path through there. Though, yep. so the the key it. is that we'll see them do the buff. It will see them path towards Krugs, path towards bot through either of the two channels, yep. whether they're going down by Krugs or above Krugs. Um, and it's a <sighs> bush that they don't typically enter unless they're looking for wards. Yeah. Uh, it just occurred to me that we just named basically really aggressive places to put wards, but you can also put them defensively. The defensive yeah, places so, to put wards on the backside of your red, because that one sees the the top, or yes, the the entrance from the river into the into your. It jungle, sees the really pathway between top and mid on your side, and it sees the entrance to the river from the red quadrant pretty well. Um. Defensive pinks. Um, I mean, the same positions we just said, but on your side of the map, are good yeah. defensive positions. Yeah, like the the one between wolves and, and the turret <laughs> also works really well defensively, too, because they'll have to be seen on it in order to, for them to do anything in your jungle or in mid lane from that direction. Um, and yet it, it doesn't... And it won't get spotted, if you it, at, at, unlike the banana bush, where... They, they're walking through that bush. They will see it. But, Crush, are there any ward places you can put to protect you from being ganked by your wife while you're recording a podcast? No, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I know this is an audio medium and you couldn't see it, but Crush's wife definitely just photobombed the stream. Yep. <laughs> All the more reason to go to twitch.tv slash crush you and watch the, the stream and watch us actually talking. <laughs> All right. Pasty nerds. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. The Paladin's questions continue, though. The next question I have pertains to Ramus. Firstly, I just want to go ahead and thank Riot for all the sweet, sweet 80 carry tiers that have come from hearing his W slow got removed. It made my day when that buff got announced. Secondly, yeah, I want to sure. ask which of the new tank mythics will be best on him once preseason hits live servers. I've seen everyone and their mother flocking to the still beating heart or Goliath's ascendiary, whatever it's being called now. However, one item I have not been seeing much discussion on is the Akathia's Endurance. I believe this item gives the most defenses in the game when fully stacked. Uh, this is all while having 400 health and CDR. Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at preseason yet. I'm waiting for it to go live. Yeah, it's it's we've discovered it's a waste of time to look at preseason, except to kind of have a general idea, because numbers get changed a ton between when they yeah. announce what's happening and when they actually release. 
And then almost always when they release it, they also have to make changes almost immediately. Like the the big item rework, it was nice to know that an item rework was coming, but it didn't make sense to talk about any of the new items until we actually got to play with them for a bit, because mm-hmm. they all almost immediately changed. Like, <laughs> so come come back to us in a month. <laughs> that being said, answers. I am gonna make a note for when we actually get the patch dropping. We will make a note and return to this question at that mm-hmm. time and answer what do we think the best mythic is on Ramus once preseason actually hits us. Makes sense. So I hope that's fair enough, Z Paladin. We will get back to that when the time comes. We are going to get one more listener question in tonight, which comes from Gamer for Life. Gamer for Life writes, Hi, Forwards. Thanks for your advice on playing Nidalee and Kindred. It has helped me realize I have a lot to learn before I can play these champions well, and the fact that the jungle will be changing a lot next season, so I have been trying Nidalee in the practice tool. And I know it will take some time before I can put her to use. In the meantime, I've been trying to learn the game and see how things play out on the rift, maining support and top, so I can watch the map and see how the game plays out, matchups, etc. Glad to say my first ranked season, 30 games in, I'm climbing nicely in silver. Sorry, I know I'm going on, but just wanted you all to know how your advice has helped me and hopefully other people. I know you guys have been needing more questions, so my questions. Number one, how do you deal with burns in the game when you're versus things like a Brand or a Teemo or Leandres or Demonic Embrace? They just seem to wipe my health bar. Is there any way to build or play around these champions? Force of nature. (laughs) (laughs) If If you're playing somebody who is tanky or they're trying to survive throughout the entire fight, while taking damage, force of nature. If you're instead playing somebody like an ADC or a, a jungler that is trying to do damage instead of instead of just survive, uh, oh my god, the hex tech, no, the fu- thing that gives you shield, Maw Memorius, <laughs> that that one, you can build that instead. Like both of those are very effective because for the for the tanks that need to stay alive for a long time, they're going to be taking multiple ticks of that burn. Force of Nature will stack up, and it will give them lots of defensive stats for that. On the other side of the coin, the damage dealers, um, having any magic resist at all will generally cut the damage in half. So a maw does that for you, and the maw also does damage, and then also keeps you from dying to, from burst from those same AP people. Yep. So, Ma, Ma has Ma. the extra benefit of when the shield procs, it usually will last long enough to let any dots that are currently on you expire. So it makes it really, really hard for these dot champions to trade kills with you. Mm-hmm. The only caveat to Ma Melordius is that it doesn't give crit. Yeah. If you are a crit champion who needs to be building crit items, you have to go... Mercurial Scimitar, mm-hmm. which isn't the worst thing. Getting a getting a cleanse is usually just valuable in and of itself. I don't yeah. think it cleanses burns. Does it cleanse burns? Um, no. Cleanse itself. The summoner spell cleanse will cleanse ignite, but not the magic damage burns that uh, Gamer for Life is asking about. Yeah, and then QSS doesn't doesn't do either of those things. No, it doesn't remove any of them. All right. And Gamer for Life did write us another question that we've kind of already answered in the previous listeners' questions, so we are going to move past it. 
We have enough time for do one more. I didn't think we'd get it done that fast. <laughs> Fiotis writes, What's up, my fellow nerds? After watching a lot of worlds, I noticed various champions being played that are rarely if ever seen in low elo. For example, a Felios bot or a Zier mid. It got me thinking, do you think an easy way to climb out of bronze would be to learn a high skill champion and then be able to gap other players simply because they don't know how to play around you? For example, that 1 million mastery Zed that is just unkillable mid lane or an Aphelios that knows all his gun timings perfectly, etc. If so, what do you say is the highest skill cap jungler or trickiest to master, but once you have, easy to dominate with? So this is kind of two things in one. Um, the reason Aphelios, Aphelios uh, can't, uh, and Azir are in worlds and are being played is not because they as champions themselves are incredible. It's because the people playing them are so damn good at the game that they can bring out the true potential of Azir and Aphelios. And that's not just learning the champion. That's learning every in and out, every facet of the game. Yeah. So you can't just learn a champion and suddenly, you know, it, explode into high elo. It's also what those champions bring specifically is a lot of raw 5v5 power, which organized pro play is largely, there's a lot of 5v5 play that happens. Solo queue, the best solo queue you get, you're actually 5v5ing maybe a quarter of the time and the rest of it is going to be some amount less than 5v5. Which means a lot of the power of these champions that are why they're getting picked in pro just doesn't exist in a less organized environment. Period. It's also why they have absolutely garbage win rates in solo queue. Yep. Um, I will say, however, that the example you gave of Zed is kind of the opposite thing. Zed is worthless in pro because organized play is good at playing around his windows, his weaknesses, Solo queue is not. Zed is a pub stomp master. If you can actually get good at Zed, you can snowball so many games and just stomp people. He is a perfect example of a solo queue champion that is probably never going to see meaningful pro play. So, I would say Katarina is a better example, but yes, Zed is also on that list. Like, Zed actually did yes. see pro play earlier in the year. It was jungle yeah, Zed, but it, still. It, yeah. And the, the, like, one time we saw him mid, it lost miserably. Mm -hmm. We also saw Jungle Talon, too, so... Yeah. But we never yeah. saw Katarina, I don't think, this year. I don't think so. But yeah, it, it's... The reason we always say, like, take pro play with a grain of salt, like, I think we say that every year on this podcast, is because they're just playing a different game than the rest of us. The game truly changes when you are in an organized 5v5 game. Now, that doesn't mean... You can't master those champions anyway for your clash team, which is much closer to the pro oh, environment. Yes. Even though even though everyone on your clash team is nowhere near a pro level of skill, because you'd be a pro if they were, the environment is much more similar to what they're experiencing. You are all in comms. You are a coordinated five-man team, and so are your opponents, which means the value these champions bring to organized play will exist even in Tier 4 Clash where it doesn't exist in solo queue. Even in like gold or plat solo queue, it just doesn't exist the way it does in even low tier clash. It's it's so incredible that like League of Legends, there's like four games of League of Legends 
There's the games that the Iron and Bronze are playing, the games that Silver through Plat is playing, the games that Diamond Above is playing, and then there's the game that pl- the pros are playing. Like all of those are different games. <laughs> yep, like, it's pretty yep. wild. It is. It is very interesting. Uh, you can argue about where the lines are, but the game is different not only based on what Elo you are, but the pro game is also just completely different. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's mm-hmm. just different. It's funny watching high Elo players come back to playing low Elo because I've watched them miss skill shots because like, oh, people here dodge differently. Yeah, and I was like, "What does that mean? They dodge differently." Yeah, they do. It, I, yes. I've seen it. It, it. Absolutely, like when I play with listeners and we're down in silver or bronze, I have to play differently because people make different movements. I can't predict the enemy jungler as consistently because they're doing different things. They are that wrong. Me. But them being wrong doesn't matter when it means I now make the wrong decision because I made an assumption that was no longer correct. Mm-hmm. That reminds me, that's one of the other reasons that I prefer to just keep wards instead of sweeper when in the jungle is because gold and below, junglers are unpredictable. You Just warding is way more effective of, of tracking than guessing because, oh my god, I can't, I can't, I've lost track of how many times they've done some stupid gank that leaves their entire top side open for me, like the level 2 shake I talked about earlier. <laughs> yep. Alright. Of course... There is one exception to all of this, yeah. which is if you can get good at playing Lucian Top, you will just steamroll every game you play from bronze all the way through to masters. Just play Lucian Top and win every game. And you'll be in Worlds. Exactly. I mean, maybe not because Jahu was playing mid this year, but <laughs> <laughs> Jahu did play the shit out of it last year in top lane. Mm-hmm. All right. With that, this has been episode 360 of the Forwards podcast. I think we've come full circle on the Lucian Top meme. Listeners, I hope you know we're not serious. <laughs> With that, I've been Jack Soman for Crush You, for Arcree You. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Four Wards Podcast, part of the Trendy Force Network. If you'd like to leave questions or feedback for the crew, send us an email at fourwards at trinityforcepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at fourwardspodcast with the number four. Finally, you can also find us at fourwards.trinityforcepodcast.com. If you'd like to check out all the other great podcasts that are part of the network, head on over to trinityforcenetwork.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next time with more ways to help you move forward in League.